Welcome to an all-new episode of Get Lit with Leanna, the podcast. Join me as I sit down with a new guest author in each episode to discuss their books, careers, and everything in between. Today, I'm sitting down with one of my favorite romance authors, Allie Hazelwood, to chat about her new book, Love Theoretically. Absolutely love getting to reconnect with Allie to chat about the last year because she's had so much going on. We got to talk about the plans for the Love Hypothesis movie, which if you know me, you know I love a good book-to-movie adaptation, so I'm so excited for this one to come out, hopefully soon. And then we got into this book. We did a pretty deep dive of some of my favorite moments, the tropes, the character arc trajectories, and then we spoke about what Allie has coming down the pipeline, and she's got a lot going on. So this is a really, really fun episode. I love getting to chat with Allie. She's one of my favorite authors right now. So without further ado, my conversation with the one and only Allie Hazelwood starts right now. Welcome Allie Hazelwood back to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you back. I always say that now I'm getting to the part of the show where like a lot of my favorite authors have books. Like I'm just so lucky that you guys are all writing books like one a year. So I'm starting to get repeat guests, which is the best thing ever because there's so much to catch up on. But then we can also do like such a good dive on your new book because so much of the backstory has already been covered. So welcome back. I'm so happy to have you here. Firstly, how are you knowing that your third book, well, your third, I guess, like standalone novel. It's going to be out like so soon. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like last time we talked, I was uh, I was going through my email to find the link for the Zoom. And uh, it, it was just really fun because I think the last time we talked was in... Uh, July or August of Probably last year. Probably a year and I was ago. Like, yeah. I love that we're doing this every year. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a year, an annual standing appointment. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, I, I feel like... Uh, in the lead up to my second book, I was a ball of anxiety. I was like, oh my God, it's going to be horrible. And I I just was not enjoying it at all. But mm. a bunch of things have changed in the last year. Most of it was me not being online anymore, as aside from like, you know, the basics. And uh, I am actually really happy. I'm excited. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, so you know, excited. the book is going to come out. I get to go on tour with my editor and my publicist. And I love them both. My publicist, like me, is obsessed with Taylor Swift. So, oh my God. We're just going to be, you know, talking about Taylor Swift nonstop. It's going to be amazing. I am Have you seen Taylor in concert? Have you got to go? I have seen her twice. And I have a very overpriced ticket for a third time. And I am very mad at Ticketmaster for all of this. But yeah, yeah, I I am... uh, I think obsessed doesn't truly... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. I understand. I'm a Swifty also. So like, I really get it. I went, I went in Boston already. We like, traveled from Montreal. We picked up my sister online, went to Boston. Um, I made the friendship really sites. I had a few that said, fuck Ticketmaster. Those were the first ones to go. Everyone, Holly, oh my God, how many have we made? Okay. So these are not for the concert. These are for my book tour. And um, is this going to be on visual? Like, would people see what I just showed you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. people will see. People will see. You're okay. holding, but for those who oh are- my God, wait. Okay, those, I'm sorry. I, I should have showered. No, uh, don't sorry, worry. Guys. But for those who are listening, <laughs> you just pulled out a whole wad of beads. Yeah, it's. Uh, I am. I I have them near me, and like I tie them as I talk to people. It's it just my. So um, they, they're actually for my tour, and they're like uh, romance books and like bookish theme themed uh, friendship bracelets. But like, I totally got the idea from the concert. And Stop it! That is amazing. And it's like so much fun and so relaxing. You can just make a bracelet while you are, you know, 
just, I don't know, listening Doing to music, anything. watching yes. a show, yes. like listening to an audiobook. And honestly, thank you, Taylor, for giving this to us because <laughs> I feel like fashion bracelets weren't a thing for a while. No, they were not. And now they are again. And no, we so owe back. it to you, Mother Taylor. Yeah, I love mother. you. <laughs> it's so funny. Me and my sister made, I think we made like 55 in one night. We just like sat and we were just doing them while listening to Taylor. Like it was our concert prep. That was our pregame. It was so much fun. They're the cutest. It's the cutest concept. And to have a bookish one is so adorable. I love them on tour. It's yes. I, I, I'm like, ideally there would be one for every person. I don't know if I can actually, I think I do have to do other things aside from friendship bracelets. How dare you have other priorities? So unfair unfair of life to ask me (laughs) to do other things. Like truly whatever. (laughs) So funny. Okay. So we last connected, I guess in the summer and it was right around the time love on the brain was coming up, but now we're here with love theoretically. Like what happened in the last year? Like, tell me what did I miss in the last year since we last chatted? Like, was this book finished? Were you still working on it? Like, tell me about everything. Yeah. The book was finished, um, before, like I was already writing, um, when, when love theoretically came out, I was already writing my next adult book that will come out next year. Okay. So I was, um, kind of excited at the time. I, uh, yeah. And nervous just because my next book is going to be a little bit of a different direction for me. Okay. And I think I was just like very eager for, for that. Yeah. Um, sorry. Sorry. My cat is of course. Just having fun. With of a friend. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, uh, and um, yeah, I think that's it. I, what happened in the last year? I mean, <laughs> I feel like a lot happened in the last year, but especially since the last time we spoke, like, Love on the Brain, like, it wasn't out yet. So it didn't, we didn't know how it was going to play out. And also, like, following the love hypothesis, given, like, the insane trajectory of that book and the buzz and the hype, like, I remember us speaking and you were kind of like, fingers crossed this one pans out too, because it was kind of like a diamond in the rough, that first experience, like, just an anomaly of an experience. But then it ended up being friggin' amazing. Like, you were, like, topping charts once again. Like, you still, you, you made magic happen twice. Like, are you so proud of what you've been able to accomplish? And, like, how was that? Like, what kind of feelings are now you going into this third book with after having those types of experiences? You know, I, so first of all, thank you for saying that. Like, I, I, I'm glad that it looked like it was going well from the outside. I, I felt like so many of my fears about love on the brain happened. Like, oh. At the time I was still online and still reading some reviews and like a lot of people were like, oh God, her first book was so good. And I hated the second and stuff like that. And that's totally fair. Like people should be allowed to have their own opinions, but like, it was exactly the one thing I was afraid of. And I was like, oh my God, no, I'm actually Mm. a terrible writer. I'm a failure. (laughs) But then there is something empowering about that. Um, Like, you know, a lot of my fears about love on the brain kind of came true. Okay. I was very anxious that it wouldn't be as big as the, as the Love Hypothesis. And, you know, it wasn't just because the Love Hypothesis was this, you know, big breakthrough and Love of the Brain was, you know, a book that did well. But mm-hmm. um, and now it's sort of like everything has resetted. And like, I'm like, you know, you know, I had my first book, I had my second book, and yeah. now I have my third book. Like, I don't feel like my third book is I have to prove myself anymore. Right. I just feel right. like it's, you know, another book, and then yeah. there will be another book, and then there will right. be another book. That's amazing. So honestly, so much of my anxiety has uh, died. And like, generally, 
2022 was kind of a rough year for me because I am a very anxious person and medicated for my anxiety. And yet Mm. I'm still anxious. Yeah. So it's a cycle. Oh my God. I know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And yet um, I feel like it was my year where I had to kind of learn what is triggering for me, what mm. like what it means to put out a book in in the open, right. what kind of, uh, you know, how much I should participate to, you know, just generally um, online spaces. And, yeah. uh, and I feel like 2023 was the year that I was like, okay, I have this knowledge and now I know what to you do. You figured and it so, out. Yeah. Yeah. And so 2023 has been such a better year in terms of that's so good um, yeah it's 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 truly the mental health has been yeah. much better <laughs> yeah no that's amazing you have to like figure out what works for you and stick to that plan but so staying offline like what exactly have you allowed yourself to do and not do like what kind of boundaries have you set for yourself um I have read zero reviews for uh for love theoretically I don't know if people are liking it hating wow. it and it's beautiful I have asked my team at Berkeley not to tell me anything about you know trade reviews I have no idea what the pre-orders are okay. I have blocked all of this stuff on my computer to the degree okay. that like I even blocked like Amazon <laughs> and when I went to buy something on Amazon which kids don't buy things on Amazon buy I'm them, buy <laughs> them <laughs> when I went like- to when I have to buy something on Amazon because I absolutely need it like the yeah. following day, I have to ask my husband because I have it blocked on all my devices. <laughs> wow. No, you're committed. You're committed. That's yes, I am committed. And That's amazing. It's been great. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of, I am in the, um, if it's something that I need to know, my publisher will tell right. me. And right. if if not, I will live in ignorance. And it I love that though. No, but you're setting yourself up for such an, like a perfect way to launch this book because now you're going to go on tour and you're just going to be surrounded by people who you know like love and support you so you're literally doing the best possible thing for yourself which is incredible like a hundred percent shut out the things that are going to make you anxious or upset and only just relish in the good shit that's what we should be be doing that's what I was thinking because I feel like the only people that I have talked to who have read the book were like you know books like my my local bookstore they got an art for example or you know people that I've done interviews with. And these are people who I feel like if you hate, despise the book, maybe you wouldn't ask for like for an interview. And so it's like, wow, all the feedback I've gotten 100% positive. (laughs) It's an amazing book. It's the best way to live. I so like, I'm so um, on your like side of thinking like it's a perfect (laughs) way to go. And as you freaking should, but Speaking of really good things that have happened and and really exciting things, I don't know how much we could talk about this because I'm sure there's like a bunch of like legality surrounding it, but really good news around the Love Hypothesis getting optioned for a movie, which is so exciting. I'm sure you can't tell me much, but maybe we can talk a little bit about it. But what I really want to know is like your reaction to this entire process. Like, how did you find out that this was happening? Like, what was your reception like when you found out? Like, I know when it went public everyone was losing their minds, like so excited whether or not it actually comes to fruition or not just to know that it's like being worked on is so exciting. So what was your response like? Like what, what, how did that whole thing play out from your point of view? Yeah. So first of all, like the timings here are kind of uh, ridiculous because the deal came about, I think the week, the week the Love Hypothesis came out or the the following week or something. Okay. Like I, I didn't even have a movie agent, but then, uh, the the love hypothesis kind of like suddenly hit the New York Times and that's when like you know movie agents and uh, right. um, a bunch of people started being interested and so I had a week where I had like literally like 10 
calls with different producers and directors. And uh, um, then uh, I couldn't choose. So I told right. my movie agent, please make a choice. I trust <laughs> you. You probably know what's better. Right. And um, she made like, or, or she advised me that yeah. um, MRC the uh the, the company that um the, the producing company that's uh, you know like yeah uh, that, that bought the book would be best and then literally nothing for a year as in uh, um the the company and the producer work on it like uh, mm-hmm. in that in that time they found a screenwriter um i had a talk with the screenwriter where she asked me a bunch of things uh, mm-hmm. that like she, she she was like we're gonna be changing some things right so uh is this okay? Is this right, okay? Right, right. What okay. is it like? What is it that like is non-negotiable for you and that you think absolutely needs to be in the movie? So we had a bunch of those conversations. I was very clear from the beginning that I didn't particularly want to be involved in the writing process because okay. I'm not like I don't know anything about it. And right. I also feel like I am kind of so attached to the characters the way okay. I see them that it really feels to me like it might be better for someone who's external and someone who knows how to adapt things for yeah. another medium to, to, to do this. So that was it. And then, um, then I think we announced it again, like a year after, and this is just generally typical in the industry. I think yeah. you just announced the deals much later than, mm-hmm. than when the book, uh, yeah. uh, than when the deal is actually made. And yeah. then, um at some point in the winter they sent me the script and I read the script and okay. it was amazing. I was so mad because the writer made No, so I wasn't many... it was amazing. I was so mad. I was furious because she came up with so many good ideas and jokes and like mm-hmm. how did I not come up with it? Like mm-hmm. I was furious I was like how dare this person be better than I am that's so funny (laughs) and uh, it was just I I loved it I was laughing the whole time I loved that there are changes that I think will make it so much better and uh, so yeah I am incredibly mad (laughs) and um and then uh, um, I think other things were happening but then the strike started yeah and uh, um yeah, and so, so now right now, paused. yeah, I, th- I yeah. think right now nothing is going to happen uh, right. for a while. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I really like my producer. I um I like my, I have two producers, and okay. I, I don't know what their differences are. Okay. I I don't even know what a producer is, but okay. I really like the people that I'm working with. Amazing, that. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Yeah, there's a bunch of different types. Like you can have a producer that's doing like the financial stuff. You can have a producer that's doing more creative stuff. So there's like different sides of producing, but that's so exciting. And I love that to, up until this point, at least you've had some or as much as involvement as you want. Because I hear mm-hmm. like from different authors who are having their books adapted like you hear a range of experiences you have the people that are like Colleen Hoover who are super freaking involved in on set and so part of it every step of the way and then you have the polar opposite where a book's rights are optioned and sold and then the author has no involvement Mm -hmm. whatsoever and it just kind of becomes its own entity so that's amazing that you have the option to be as involved as you want to be and so great that you have a team around you that's like really able to transform this book and make it the best possible screen adaptation i know everyone's going to just be like on the floor unwell dead whenever it god willing a million times over comes out but that's amazing that this process so far has been like very enjoyable for you and very like not stressy and that's amazing absolutely i also i have to be honest at the beginning so 
the conversations that I was having with the movie people were very kind of hard for me because I'm a very awkward person. And I was like, I don't understand LA people. Like, I don't understand yeah. the things they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're so different from publishing people because publishing 100%. is all about like the, the the little feelings that the book gave you. Like, I feel like editors are soft yes. souls deep down. Yes. But like, I was like, I, I'm just not good with the LA people. LA people, but then... <laughs> I was in LA and I happened to go to like uh, a dinner with my producer and my my film agent and I was right. like, okay, I love these people. They're amazing. yeah, and that is it's it's kind of like it's really nice to be able to work with someone that you hundred percent enjoy as a person. So that's that's great. That's so exciting. Okay, so now I guess it's the perfect time to just talk about love theoretically because that's mm-hmm. why we're here. So for those who have not yet read the book that are listening to this podcast, so I am sure most people who are listening to this have read the book. What is this book about? Okay, so it's like less than two weeks before the book comes out, and I yeah. still don't have a good pitch because that's okay. The premise is kind of uh, complicated, so I, you know I'm just gonna go with it. Hundred percent, it makes sense. So yes, it's the story of Elsie, who is um, a physicist who kind of she's an adjunct professor which means that she makes very little money and uh, to supplement her income she is a professional fake dater so people pay her to you know be their fake girlfriend when they need someone for an event with their family or something like that and her favorite client um his name is greg uh kind of takes her to a family birthday and uh, she meets uh, uh his older brother and uh, his older brother clearly distrusts her, distrusts her and doesn't like her. So uh, that is kind of the setup. But um, like I said, Elsie is also a physicist and she is in the process of applying for the the job of her dreams, which is a, a, a physicist, like becoming a physicist, a physics professor at MIT. And uh, when she goes to interview, she finds that the older brother of the guy she's like fake dating actually works there. Yeah. And uh, this, you know, creates a bunch of problems because on the one hand, Jack, the older brother knows her as a completely different person because she, he knows her as uh, her fake dating persona. Yeah. <laughs> and also there is the fact that he thinks that she's also lying to his little brother and he really loves his little brother. And then, you know, as you find out, you you know, he's also kind of attracted to her. So there is this kind of a weird, um, you know, job interview situation <laughs> that lasts for a few chapters. And then, yeah, you know, they, they fall in love and uh, and they're happy forever. I Sorry, love it. Spoiler, spoiler. But, um, I think anyone who's ever read a book by you can like understand the trajectory of all of your books. Like you just have such a style to your writing, but I loved this book so much. And it's just like what we know and love about your writing and like the themes and the tropes that you use. Like you just do it so well. It's always so well executed. But this one in particular, like I saw at the end of the book, you kind of made a little note about how this one really is like academia heavy and it's a bit different from your others. Why did you choose to kind of go down that route for this story in particular? I think I was just feeling it. And um, it had been like, I started writing the book in... 2021 like when when no sorry 2020 so that's that was when I sold the love hypothesis and uh, I was at the end of my first year as uh, a professor Mm -hmm. I had been through the whole like faculty search process I was very much uh, 
kind of overwhelmed by how politicky departments can be. It was okay. my first time being, you know, not a grad student or a postdoc. Like for the first time I was there as a right. professor, I was part of the faculty meeting and stuff like that. And I was like, this place is bonkers. <laughs> or, or not, not my department, like literally this, yeah. the culture around academia is bonkers. And mm-hmm. I just really want to talk about it. I also mm-hmm. had several friends who were adjuncting. I was lucky I wasn't adjuncting, but like I had friends who were out of grad school for three or four years and they were still visiting professors mm-hmm. and they didn't have health insurance. That's a big theme in the in the book. The fact that you don't really get uh, benefits and you don't right. really get paid enough right. to live when you are... Um, uh, a adjunct professor yeah and so all these things are things that I I was feeling a lot of the time and I just mm. you know I just wanted to to put them in the book and like I put them in the book and then I sent it to my editor and I remember thinking my editor is gonna be like are you kidding yeah yeah like I'm just, yeah yeah <laughs> who cares about all these like minute uh things and then uh, my editor was great and she was like no we can publish this it's, fine. it's so good it's so good and it's super niche and I just love that all of your books again are like women in stem and it just I I mean we're seeing a boom of it there's so many different books now that are coming out that have these types of female characters but for this story in particular like what are you hoping readers kind of take away from Elsie's character in particular you know what I always say is that I just hope people get to be happy for two, three, four, seven, twelve hours. Yeah. I don't know. Some people listen to I read it in four hours and I did not put yes. it down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> However many hours it yeah. takes for someone. I just uh, that, that that's what that's what reading has been to me and why mm-hmm. it's been so important. Like I, when I was at my worst, reading was the one thing I could do that would like transport me to another place. And so mm-hmm. I really just hope it makes them, it makes people happy a little bit. Uh, But yeah, you know, I also just kind of, Elsie's arc in the story is of someone who goes from being kind of a pathological people pleaser to someone who kind of stands up for herself a little more, a little more someone who kind of is not afraid to show herself to others. And yeah. I I don't I, I I don't know I I I hope people enjoy just reading about like what it is for her to make herself more more vulnerable and 100%. like taking risks, uh, but really like even if 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 they don't then they just have fun <laughs> for two hours I'm I'm happy to <laughs> no I think that there's a lot in Elsie's character that readers are really gonna like see themselves in or relate to in some capacity I mean the whole kind of like imposter syndrome of it all. Like I really, really related to that. And I think like young people who are reading this book will really see parts of themselves and kind of that story arc. When you were outlining this book from the very beginning, like what were some key things you knew you wanted to include like in her character trajectory throughout? Right. So I definitely knew that I wanted her to have a chronic illness and that I wanted her to sort of like I wanted to show how bad it is to have a chronic mm-hmm. illness and to be in a job that is a job that you are highly trained for, that you mm-hmm. have been training for for years, that you is it's exactly the thing you want to do. And at the same time, you it doesn't give you like the the basic things that you need to survive. So that yeah. that that was something that I I, I knew from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I definitely knew that I wanted um 
her to have this thing where she kind of puts up different personas when she is uh, with other people. But Mm -hmm. from the very beginning, like kind of at the the core of the idea, I had this, this image of like, even before I knew his name, Jack, the hero was uh, the the, the main, the main male character was the guy who saw her, who saw through her trying to pretend that she was someone else. Right. And that was just a lot of fun. Like I, I, I knew that I wanted to like show that he, he had kind of like a, a window on what her real For self sure. was. And so that was also something that was right there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Oh, another thing that I well, it's gonna be a little bit of a spoiler. That's okay. So just, just uh, you know, warning, warning, your warning. ears. Yes, warning. <laughs> um so I also liked uh, like I knew that she okay spoiler real spoiler not a little bit of spoiler so she she ends up not getting the job yeah and that is something that actually happens about like halfway through the book and I knew from the very beginning that she was never gonna get that job okay and that is because she doesn't really want that job it's Mm -hmm. just that she doesn't know it at the beginning and on the one hand I really wanted to write a character who tries her best she really gives it her all and still she doesn't get what she wants because that is what life is like this has happened to me many many times you know it has happened in academia in publishing this Mm -hmm. idea that like you can truly give it your all and then fail at something it's I think it's a very important lesson for all of us Mm -hmm. and it's something we kind of have to learn how to deal with for sure um but at the same time, I really think that it ends up being a good thing for 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 Elsie because it makes her reevaluate what she really wants. Like, okay, so she mm-hmm. didn't get this job that she absolutely needed. What else is a possibility, and right. why isn't she looking at those alternatives? And right. I know it's it's. Uh, I I definitely I always knew that she wasn't going to get that job, and okay. and. Uh, it was needed. It was needed for the story and just for yes. her to like figure herself out. And that character arc, that plot line kind of had, it had to be there to kind of be the catalyst for everything else. But I need to talk about Jack as a hero because I'm just obsessed with every single one of your heroes. Like they're all so different, yet they all have the same like swoon factor. And I just need to know, like, when creating him, were you just, like, dying mushy-gushy? Like, is he one of your favorite heroes that you've written? Like, tell me about constructing him as a character. Yeah, he was fun to write because, you know, unlike Adam and Levi, he's not broody. Like, yeah. he's he's a very honest person. Like, he's not, like, someone who um, is not particularly reserved. He's not someone who struggles to, to say his emotion. He's not yeah. someone who is particularly, um, I don't know, he, he's not... He's not a, a hero that you could have miscommunication with. Right. Because That's he just said that... Yeah, he says it like it is, and uh, you know it's it's fun. Um, yeah. It's always fun to uh, to write someone who's just kind of open about his feelings and what he wants and what mm-hmm. he needs. Uh, and it's um, a pleasure to read. Also, I will say, as oh, a reader, as a reader, yeah, it's, it's I, different. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I really I, I enjoyed writing him, and uh, again, with someone who tells it like it is, you kind of get to make him extra Sony because he says all these things. Yeah, so, yeah, for yeah. example, like Adam Carson would never, like he, 
he it's really hard for him to articulate yeah. his feelings. And then when he says something, you're like, oh my God. Yeah, it's like a treat. <laughs> yeah. It's something. Yeah. Jackie's more open about his stuff. And yeah. uh, um so that that was it. That was definitely fun to write. Yeah. Okay, but so you you just mentioned Adam, so now I have to ask, like the Adam and Olive cameo in this book, like what was that like to write? Are you just anticipating all of these like love hypothesis stands to be so excited? Like, tell me about that decision to include. So originally my outline for my book, I was going to have kind of like a dinner where Adam, Olive, B, Levi, and then Jack and Elsie sort of end up together. Oh my God. And uh, I really wanted to do that, but it kind of didn't work out because uh, I I went on a slightly different um, direction. It had to do with like uh, Jack's grand gesture in the end. And it ended up, his grand gesture had ended up being something completely different. So there was no dinner. And so basically I was like, I guess I, I had this idea of the cameo from the very beginning, but I was like, okay, it's not going to work out. And then, you know, there was, there's this moment in the story where Elsie sort of needs to be told certain things and she needs to talk with someone who is outside of her usual uh, circle and yeah. uh, get on the one hand, get a little bit of a perspective on Jack from someone else. And uh, um, on the other hand, just like uh, she needs a friend. And uh, that's when I was like, huh, what if I introduced Olive? Mm-hmm. And so it kind of ended up being that Adam and Olive are, uh, you know, visiting Boston. And uh, yeah, and it was just, it, it was really fun. Um, yeah. First of all, like it's, it was fun to write about generally these two idiots and see <laughs> and show because they are and show like how far they come you know yes. like they are in love they're openly love they're happy yeah um so that that was one thing and then it just felt right to have Olive and Elsie talk about their experiences in academia with each other and just kind of like compare notes and right. having Olive telling Elsie certain things mm-hmm. Uh, th- there was a part where I was like literally cackling, um, which is uh, when you know Elsie is talking about her uh, her her origins uh, with Jack, and she of course doesn't tell the truth. She right. doesn't tell Olive. Well, I was originally fake dating his brother, right? And her her thought is because Olive probably wouldn't even know what fake dating is. And yeah, I that's like, what, yeah, I love this. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Like those little like niche, really niche. Like if you know, you know, kind of moments but I love also like how and like I don't hope this doesn't come off like awkward but like how you've like developed your steamy scenes and how you've like you've you've like I mean obviously the love hypothesis was so steamy and I was like shook to my core the first time I read I think it's like there's something really funny about that I think it's like on page 69 or something is the first scene there there was like some weird thing about the life hypothesis I remember when I was reading it and I was like this is too crazy like what are the odds but I just I I am so pleased I didn't even know yeah no there's something there's something I remember from when I was reading it the first time but regardless I love how like the steam has just kind of developed and like the way you've written has kind of like not even really improved just like I can tell that you're more experienced in as each book goes by so like what is it like writing steam is it getting any easier is it getting any less awkward is it getting more fun like how is that kind of going 
So the truth is that I've been writing uh, very boring stuff and putting it on the internet since 2017 <laughs> now. Yeah. Um, I think what has changed the most is that now I feel... So when the Love Hypothesis came out, um, the Love Hypothesis had more sex scenes and we took yeah. out some because... Everybody's telling me. Yeah, be- just because that's what the landscape of publishing was at the time. And I'm talking about when we went on sub. Mm-hmm. So there were, you know, books with open, uh, open door scenes, but... You know, at the time, traditional publishing was kind of gravi- gravitating more toward um, less right. super steamy um, uh, books. And so that's where kind of we were at. But then uh, right now, like, it, it feels like there is more and more smut going on. And so... So good. It's so basically, good. I, I feel like nothing has changed in terms of how I've read them, but now mm. I feel more comfortable okay. putting all this stuff, the smart that I want in the books because, you know, I know my editor is going to be okay with it. Okay. Um, like with, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, my, my next book will have things that I never would have felt I could put in a book That's in so interesting. 2020. Right. And uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and this is really just about like, also, when you are a new author and you're trying to sell your book to publishers, it's it's very like it, it's you kind of try to make your product as perfect for publishing 100%. as possible, so that your yeah, so that your ad, uh, editors are going to take a chance on you and pick it up. But then once you are kind of in and you have say a three book contract, you can yeah. have a conversation with your editor and be like, I would like to have seven sex scenes in this book. Is it <laughs> oh okay? No. Okay. So now I need to know like your next book, obviously you've been working on it for a while and it's coming mm-hmm. out next year. Like, is there anything you could tease about it coming out or is it still? So the book that I'm writing right now is another, I wouldn't say it's a rom-com, but it's a, okay. it's a, it's set in STEM, but there's going to be another adult book coming out before then. And I have been told that I cannot talk about it yet. Right. Okay, um, I It's the only thing I want to talk about, though. It's literally the only thing I want to talk about. And so wow. I'm very resentful toward my my once beloved and now be hated editor who doesn't <laughs> let me doesn't let me say the things I want to say. But like, um, yeah, I think we'll announce it in the next couple that's so exciting. It must be like yeah. really, yeah, it must be really excited, exciting to know that like the projects that you have coming down the pipeline are things you're really enthusiastic about and like confident, yeah. you know? I, I I also part of the the thing is that like when you're working on something and like right now I am in copy edits for my uh fourth adult book. And like, so it's you're kind of like it you're still working on it. So you're yeah. super happy about it. But then by the time the book comes out, you you finished working on it like a year earlier or right. something. And so you're like, ah, I wish I I'm not even that interested in it anymore. You I know, know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, well, you've you've been so detached from it for so long. You're so immersed in a different story. So I yeah. guess it's like hard now to like pull yourself out of what you're working on and be like, can hey, yeah. I have to go on tour to promote this book that I finished two years ago? Like, yeah, yes. it's a crazy cycle. I get it. I really get it. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, now that you're going on tour, like, what are you most, aside from the friendship bracelet trading situation you've got going on, like, what are you most excited about, like, seeing all of your fans and readers and people that, like, love you? Like, what are you most looking forward to when you embark on it? Yeah. I mean, honestly, meeting readers is the best part because it's the most, uh, like, social media can be iffy and uh, um, everything else can be, I don't know, it feels like there is a little bit of a filter between 
you and and the readers but like Mm -hmm. being on tour and doing events is the way you really connect genuinely with people and so that's that's really my favorite thing I'm just really excited to meet people I love meeting booksellers I feel like every time I go to an indie store I yeah make friends for life uh, the, <laughs> the, 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 the independent booksellers are just you know my type yeah. yes yeah so I really I just love meeting them um I am very excited about uh doing it with my editor and my publicist so because, nice uh, yeah they're they're just cool people that mm-hmm. I like to hang out with um I'm excited about the food honestly because uh, I hope we're going to eat many good things. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will be eating good. And I hope that you post some of like what's going on on Instagram so we can get some highlight reels of what's going I on. Will, uh, I will. Yes. Okay. It's, good. It's, yes, of course. I'm, I'm so excited. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. As always, this is such a treat. You're like really one of my favorite people to speak to on top of being one of my favorite writers right now. So always a pleasure. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm wishing you like all of the best and all of the best things for you coming down the pipeline. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.